welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o on this Halloween. It's Mr. Paul Levy. What? Hello, everybody, (laughs) and welcome back. This is episode number 262. Thanks, as always, to everyone who tuned into last week's show. It was a bit of a bumper one last week, but we did have three games to look over and there was an awful lot of talking points which got a lot of engagement, which is what we're what we're all about. This week, though, we've only just got one game to go through, but not just one game. It was one hell of a game that we're going to go over. Loads of views. Uh, so I think without further ado, let's just crack on with this week's show. Yeah, and as always, we start with our podcast sponsors who are HF Plastering, who cover... All areas of plastering and rendering work uh, specialise in silicone colour render systems. And hopefully you know this by now. This is not a Halloween joke. They <laughs> offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you're thinking about having any plastering work or any rendering work done in your home, give Adam and the boys a shout. You can go on their website at www.agefplastering.co.uk or you can email Adam and the team at agefplastering at outlook.com. And if you're on social media, so are Adam and the team. Or Facebook and Instagram, just under agefplastering. And Big Ads LOFC is the man Adam on Twitter if you should need to contact him. Or just generally look at his funny tweets about the uh, Orient Games, which is fantastic. <laughs> so AGF Plastering, we love them. They love us. They're our podcast sponsor and we are very happy to have them. Absolutely. So let's move on then with an update for you from the Supporters Club. Saturday the 13th of November sees us travel to Rochdale. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Coaches will leave the Supporters Club at eight o'clock in the morning. Adult fare for that one is just £38, £35 is your concession rate and children under 15 or young people under 15 travel for £19. Scunthorpe, uh, coaches are leaving the supporters club on Tuesday the 23rd of November at 1pm, that is for a 7.45 kickoff. so that's a long one up to North Lincolnshire. Adult fare is £38 on that one as well, £35 the concession and under 15s cost £19. And just to remind you that uh, that pricing does not include your match day ticket, you'll need to acquire that separately. And if you're interested in booking on any of these trips or any of the future trips, you can either do that in the supporters club on a match day or you can call the Supporters Club travel line on 07507 539 579. That is a new number that you need to note down. 07507 539 579. Nicely done. Scunthorpe United on a Tuesday night oh, in November. That. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is going to be a tough one. One piece of AOB this week. Rather sad piece of AOB in the National League this week. Ex-Ojo Wooderson was playing for Barnet. Unfortunately, broke his leg. He scored in the first half. Got a shocking challenge that uh, got the guy sent off for Stockport in the second half. Broke his leg. We wish Joe Wooderson all the very best from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Yeah, absolutely. The guy did take to Twitter to apologise to Joe. He put a statement saying, I'm really sorry, Never, genuinely never intended to hurt Joe. And I wish him a speedy recovery. Oh, fair play. Yeah, so fair. I think the guy seemed to look quite upset, rightly so. Yeah, that. So let's carry through the week that was then. Just a quick one here because there wasn't really much to report. Happy 30th birthday to Omar Beckles, who, um, whose birthday it was on Happy Monday, the 25th of October. Yeah, let's move on. This is Huey Tuesday, the 26th. And despite the O's not playing, there was one game in League 2 but it did mean the O's dropped down one place to 10th for Sutton United who having a pretty decent mm. season actually since getting promoted they beat Colchester United away 3-1 to leapfrog the O's so we dropped a place Sutton moved up into the playoff places I yeah. believe so yeah yeah they leapfrogged and yeah pushed us down nothing to report on Wednesday the 27th so we move on to Thursday the 28th yeah Thursday the 28th of October and the club announced that Richard McFadden William Jonas and George Scott had been inducted into the O's Hall of Fame. No Lovely. complaints from anyone there. Love no. to see it. Absolutely brilliant. Nothing to report on Kenny Friday, the 29th of October. So we'll move on 
to the big day. You're getting all the easy days this week. Outrageous. <laughs> so we're on Saturday the 1st of October, already five minutes into the episode. Amazing. So we'll start the day and the young O's were in action in the morning. They were at home to AFC Wimbledon, but they lost the game 1-0 to a second half goal for the visitors. Unlucky there to the young O's. Yeah, absolutely. The main event of the day was obviously Hartlepool United at home. Uh, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We usually do that 6 o'clock on a Thursday evening to keep your eyes peeled around that time. 289 votes were cast in just 24 hours. That's a fantastic Fantastic amount of engagement there. 14% of those thought we'd lose, 27% thought the draw, and 59% thought we'd win. So thanks as always to everyone who took a moment to vote. Much appreciated. That win number slightly down against the previous weeks. Of 85%. And that draw number starting to get a bit higher than yeah. what we've seen there. Unsurprisingly. Absolutely. <laughs> so the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Lawrence Vigrou in goal. And at the back, James Mitchell. Beckles, Ogie and Archibald, centre of midfield Clay and Prattley with Kemp, Drinnen and Smith making up the rest of the 11. And on the bench we had Byrne, Woods, Happy, Riley, Kiprianu, Amatoyi and Royal Sotiriu. Yeah, no Sam Sargent on that bench still. Still. Wonder what the situation is with him. Obviously he's not out on loan that we know of. Um, interested one. Um, I think Archibald's wasted at left back um, just because he's more of an attack-minded player. And I don't think the defensive part of his game is is necessarily his thought process. Obviously, they'll work on that uh, on training. And is Wood dropped because he doesn't get forward enough like Tom James does? Because he's not that marauding left winger that I think Kenny Jackett wants from a player. So I think that's probably why he's swapped the two over. Uh, glad that Craig Clay is in, but would have rested Prattley instead of Hector. Um, obviously, in hindsight, I see how the game panned out. I yeah. see what's happened. So he's made the right call, but that was just my preference pre-match. Obviously glad that Dan Kemp's been given another opportunity. Hope he shines in this game. And just sort of questioning, are we playing a 3-4-1-2 with Kemp behind Smith and Drinnen? So it be interesting to see, at the time I wrote, how, how that would turn out. Yeah, good point, yeah. Mr Levy. I mean, the only complaint for me when I saw that was... I'd I think we've said it a few times on the podcast, you'd like to see Archibald further forward. Yeah. But at the same time, in that wing-back position, he fits the bill. And I'm sure we'll speak about it after the match. Joe Gallant kind of explains why they're playing him, where they're playing him. Mm. But you're sacrificing Archibald up top to get Kemp in, essentially. And at the yeah. moment, you can't really complain with what we saw yesterday. But at the time, when you see that line-up, you're thinking... Mm. It means we've got a lot more attack attacking players on the pitch doesn't it though regardless of where they're playing it yeah. just means we've got uh, the three up top plus Archibald and then obviously adding Tom James it means that we're coming for we're, we're thinking or players that we've got are thinking I need to get the ball forwards and go forwards I think it's a bit harsh on Connor Wood I agree honest. I don't think mm. Connor Wood's had a bad season or done anything wrong that no. I've seen mm. anyway but seems to be the full guy in terms of if anyone's coming out he's coming out to push Archibald back to get put to get Kemp in so yeah I guess Connor can say he's unlucky and obviously we'll talk about what happens in the game but Kenny is obviously justifiably proved correct within his selection but we had lots of tweets coming to us at two o'clock or one minute past two Billy Carroll GB tweeted us said not happy at all three four three again Archibald at left wing back when he can't defend and dropping Hector and Ruel when it should have been Smith and Prattley making way joke of a team now that's not a bad point so going back to Smith playing I've in my fan hub team that we do I put Smith in mm. but I was because I knew Smith would play but if that was me I would have actually if I was Kenny I actually would have dropped Smith yesterday mm -hmm. because he missed some two glor well, one glorious chance and arguably should have scored ahead and the keepers made a worldly from I digress that keeper conceded five goals yesterday exactly <laughs> the, the whole point of this is moot because Kenny got it right and we won 5-0 exactly, right? exactly. so if you make those changes that we think should have been made the game is very very different I think Smith can count himself fairly lucky to, to start yesterday based on his previous goal return which was about he didn't score in the last four or five games and had a few chances 
So I think he could count himself mm. lucky to but, start. But then you can argue <coughs> that's great management from Kenny because yeah. he's stuck to his his like his confidence and his faith in Smith. Yes, who has more than repaid him due yeah. to his performance. So because he set up the first goal, scored yeah. another goal. <laughs> I mean that yeah. that first goal doesn't happen. Yeah, if Smith yeah. isn't on that pitch. And Drinan doesn't get his hat trick because Smith wouldn't have had been on the pitch to yeah. arguably to head it up. Maybe he would have been if he'd have made a substitution. But yeah, you're right. It does show faith and, and persistence and determination uh, and the confidence that he has in, in Smith. But then you'd argue that, you know, in the Walsall game, he had zero shots on target. That's not just down to Harry Smith. He's not solely responsible yeah. for getting our shots on target. There are others there that have legs that can shoot. Um, Lennon4 said surprise Wood isn't starting hopefully Archibald has a good game in that case yeah Peter Tech E which is a new Twitter handle on me so welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast Peter I said what is Kenny's problem with Wood thought he bossed the left hand side in the forest green game and then got hauled off there you go Wilco300 said Ruel getting a bad deal here current form says he should be starting well, that's, Fair a good, point. that's a good point I mean on the flip side if you're Harry Smith you're like right Kenny's got faith in me I'm still in the team great to be here I'm really happy but if you're Real Satori, you're sitting there going, what? Why am I? Hang on a minute. I scored a pretty good goal against Forest Green Rovers. I don't think I've done too much wrong against Stevenage, but now I'm on the bench. Yeah. Why am I sat here? Why is it Smith bench? So, again, it's all swinging roundabouts. Good talking points to have, which is great because we're a podcast. So, we always like good talking no, points. No, absolutely. Otherwise, we would just be <laughs> noise, wouldn't it? Simon underscore J underscore Mill says, I don't like the shape. Only one recognised a winger, really, and he's a wing back. So restricted. I can't see enough width. So more congested, lumping balls. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Len Chin Chin One said, The team is as good as we have. A good chance for a win. That is what's needed. Must be more clinical in front of goal and less bookings and give away less corners. Come on, you O's. Yeah, good points there from Len. Steve Forecast, not entirely clear how they're going to line up, but fully agree with Craig Clay's inclusion. Where I was often better as an early second half sub, my main feel is that Kenny Jackie doesn't seem to know his best lineup. Or formation, which is a surprise. I guess Clay Clay is pretty. We didn't really mention Clay. Clay obviously came into that game mm. over Hector. I think for me that was the right call. I think Hector's played a lot of football. Looked tired at points. Clay's a bit tougher, a bit more experienced. So I was quite happy to see Clay in there, in the yeah. middle. I think Clay deserved his start over Hector for yesterday. I think under Kenny, he's he's certainly improved, and I, th- I certainly think maybe he's just maybe it's just where he's being played and how he's being deployed and what his in-game responsibilities yeah. are I, I think arguably Lawton Gamps said perplexing after last weekend Prattley should have been dropped ahead of Hector and Ruel is just starting to pick up form playing Connor Wood with Theo pushed up and able to attack properly would seem a sensible move too hopefully Drinnen plays more central and hope for the best I mean look all of this is great this is all pre-match and obviously no one's got a crystal ball but at the end of the day Kenny Jackett won the game with his tactics or we won the game 5-0 yeah, but if we full stop, absolutely. But all you can do is t- give you a view at the time. Like yeah. yeah, absolutely. And again, then, if you, it's if crazy, people, isn't it? Yeah, a few people saying Prattley should have been dropped. And again, it hadn't had the best couple of spells uh, previous to the Hartlepool game. And obviously, we'll come on to Darren Prattley, I'm sure. But In the Hartlepool game, yeah. But again, good points there. And again, Kenny has kept faith with players who have, might have not been giving him the best form, knowing that they're going to come good for him. And again, you can argue that strong management or. On the other hand, you can go, it's just... He's club captain. I know he's not beyond being dropped, but he's club captain. And arguably, um, he need, he will, in the manager's yeah. eyes, be starting more than he isn't. Absolutely. As you would expect. So let's talk about the actual gaming rather than the uh, the team. The chat though. I enjoyed that. So after a one-minute silence that had the Powers Battalion Boogles play in the last post and Brian Rigby... Uh, asked us to pass on the thanks of the band to all supporters for their support. Always good to see yeah. everything that the club do and how close they are still to all the detail. Obviously, you know, putting those three players into the Hall of Fame last week's ceremony, having the three players on the front of the program as well, having the yeah. band play <clears throat> pre-match and half-time was great to see. So really good to see. So we had all of that. Yeah. Also had football for a fiver, so a busier ground than what we've normally seen, which is great. Eventually, Hartlepool got the game underway, and after a quiet opening to the match, and a lengthy spell of treatment for Shadrach Ogi, he went down, he was down for about three or four minutes, but was okay to carry on, which was great. Darren Prattley was booked for a foul on the edge of our box in the 13th minute. From the free kick, Hartlepool took it, harmlessly went over the bar, and a minute later, as the game was starting to get into a bit of a flow, Tom James blasted 
a shot high and over the goal. It was a bit of a subdued start. Both teams were trying to figure each other out. We, we, we haven't seen the Orient team yet this season. I might be wrong. I can't remember anyway. Come out and really take the game to the opponents from the first whistle. We're really going intently to get that first goal within the first 10 minutes. Mm. I can't remember doing that. A bit of a slow, subdued start. But, you know, it's yeah, come good. Absolutely. And it did come good in the 20th minute as we took the lead. Some patient build-up play eventually saw... Craig Clay pay, play a superb pass to Harry Smith, who held off his man, who laid the ball off to the onrushing Aaron Drinnen, who curled his shot into the bottom right corner of the net to make it 1-0 to the Orient. I was getting a bit frustrated watching the backwards and sideways passing that had led to that build-up position, um, but that is a superb finish. Harry Smith set up for, uh, or layoff for, or Craig Clay's pass, first of all, Superb, because he was being closed down, so he had to get rid of it yeah. quickly. And arguably, he could have turned back and played back home to be safe, but he didn't. He looked and saw that forward pass that he made into Smith. Smith's touch superb into the path of Drinnen, who le- left his man run round and, and calmly put that side, or placed that into that corner. Brilliant, brilliant goal. That was a really good goal. And if you weren't in the ground, or if you're watching on the highlights, all you'll see in the highlights is Cray Clay pass to Smith, who will lay it off. Shad to Clay, Clay to... That's all you'll see, right? On the closer look that I actually watched for the first time, because I had an hour spare this morning that I don't normally have. If you watch it on closer look, they show the entire passing build-up. It's about a minute and a half of just passing, move, passing, move, wait for your moment to get the ball forward. That's a great goal. And we'll speak about Drinan's fourth goal later. That will get all the publicity... Or in its fourth goal, during the second, sorry. For me, that's the best goal of the day, bar none. Because the amount of players involved in it, the passing, the movement, the patience, the right decisions as well. Every pass, it's the yeah. right pass to play. That's what no they talked about, isn't it? Part. It's all the right decisions. Yeah. So for me, that goal was actually a wicked goal. Harry Smith's layoff is fantastic. Clay's ball's great. And it's a really clever finish. It's a, that's a much harder finish than what it looks the way he takes it on. So from distance as well. Yeah, really good. And and Kenny and Joe have also spoke, or Kenny, I think pre-match, his pre-match review was about making the right pass, the right decisions, yeah. getting us into the right spots to make them decisions as well. And that kind of came to the fore in that, in yeah. that goal, really. Really good goal. So 1-0 to the O's. 27th minute, there have been a few rash challenges in the match so far. Craig Clay went in very late and went into the referee's book. For a minute there, I, didn't, I had visions of the ref going to put out a red. red it was only yeah. a yellow, but there was a few, a few heavy challenges, shall we say. And given how the referee performed later in the game, <laughs> it wouldn't have been beyond the realms of possibility that that could have happened. Darren Prattley went into... Uh, sorry, in the 32nd minute, Darren Prattley was lucky not to receive another yellow card after he went down looking for a foul and pulled the ball back with his hands and held on to it <laughs> because he believed that he was going to get the foul. I mean, where do you start with this one? He's kept the ball. He's not passed it. He's gone to the byline. He's then turned towards our goal. Maybe he was fouled. Maybe he was tripped. Maybe he just lost his balance or footing. But he's gone down and held the ball. Now, typically, the referee does give a foul t- towards him for that. But he didn't. And he didn't get a book in. He's a lucky boy because, in my view, all, in all, of our all day long, mm. that's a yellow card, which means it's a second yellow card, which means it's bye-bye Prattley. And we can sit here and we can laugh about it because we all know what happens after the game or during the game. And we're all happy on the back of that. But had he been sent off, which he should have been, and had Hartlepool gone on to take something from the game, we wouldn't be laughing about it now. We'd be Man. absolutely mourning him. Yeah. Absolutely mourning him. I mean, we've spoken about players making the right choices <clears throat> in that first goal. I think Prattley couldn't have made any more of a wrong choice during that whole passage of play where he should have passed it earlier. He didn't. Loses it, tries to win it back, gets in front of his man and just falls on the ball and handballs it, hoping the ref gives him a foul. Yeah. Which he doesn't. Very lucky. I was already for him to go and march off because yeah, he got red yeah. and he didn't we were very lucky I think maybe the referee thought that I, I don't know if his first booking was a was really a booking I think the referee was a bit harsh to give him that so you could look at it that way as it balances it out you can understand why the Hartlepool bench were absolutely livid that, oh. that, that he wasn't given a yellow card and he should have played the pass when he had the chance to come back to, to Tom James who was waiting there he could have just done that and it avoided that whole situation once the ref gives the free kick card pulls away for a blatant handball. I see yellow card. Yeah, of course. See yellow card. Yeah. 
Thank God. Thank God, though. But we for, laugh. Th- thank God we can laugh about it. But more's the point is that that's a bit of luck that in previous games wouldn't have gone our way. Yeah. I'm not saying our tide has turned, but we've just had a piece of yeah. luck and good fortune when typically in other games we've been shortchanged. Yeah, so still 11 men on the pitch. And about two minutes after that, following good high pressing from the Orient, Cray Clay in particular, we won the ball back midway into the Hartlepool half, following one of their keeper passing it out. We got the ball to Drennan, who fed the ball to Harry Smith, who was through on goal, shot the ball cleverly under the keeper Mitchell's legs. He doubled Joe's lead to make it 2-0 after 35 minutes. So for me, I think Smith took that well. Could have easily really fluffed his lines yeah. there. He had a similar chance last week. Probably arguably an easier an chance, easy chance yeah. last week. T- gets the ball, traps it, bang, shoots, goal. But Brilliant. he was in on goal. Like He had no one around him really closing him or putting him under much pressure. It's still so a difficult was, finish though because he, he didn't not have, taking anything away didn't from have the an finish. angle. He was pretty central to the keeper yeah. and he's done the only thing that he could do. Done it well. Yeah. Uh, also worth goal. noting that Dave Shannoner was booked straight after that. Like you've mentioned, their bench would have been going mental, quite rightly so. If you've got Dave Shannon, you're sitting there going, hang on, he should have been sent off at 1-0 and now we're 2-0 down, what's going on? Yeah. I completely understand Dave Shannon uh, getting his booking and I presume he's used, uh, used uh, insufficient language to the uh, <laughs> assistant referee. Not family, not family friendly <laughs> language. Well, he swore in his post-match official press conference to the, oh, to did the clubs. Uh, did you? Yeah, I, I didn't watch I, it. I, I watched it and he's, used, he's dropped an F-bomb. Has he really? Um, he's dropped an f really early on as well. So he was absolutely livid. Not the best day for him. Um, the first half then seemed... Because I, I timed it because <laughs> I, I make our notes. And I've stopped it at like 44... 29 or something like that and I'm saying like what's going on here do you remember yeah I remember um, it ended it definitely ended early no additional time was added on so the half actually ended 2-0 to the Orient but in a never before seen situation certainly in the, the decades that I've been watching football and certainly I don't think to anyone uh, else either the referee started the second half by finishing the first half as he hadn't played the 4 minutes and 30 seconds of the end of the first half. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. The best bit, my favourite part in that is again in the closer look. I sound like I'm representing the club here in the media department, which I'm not, but in the closer look, there's a bit uh, at half time where they're in the tunnel and we're coming out in the second half and, and you see the ref talking to the Orient. So the Orient are ready to come out and they don't know what's going on. And the ref's going, right, we're going to play the first four minutes, uh, four minutes, 20 seconds, we're going to end the first half. And someone, I think Pratty goes to Kenny Watt, I don't understand what's going on. And Kenny Jackie just goes, I ain't got a clue what's going on, mate. Just, like, he's patting more on the back, going, I don't know what's going on, just get yourself down. <laughs> it's funny, it's funny. No one's got a clue what's going on. And like, you can hear all the players going, what's going on? And none of them know. And the ref's like, trying to tell them what, what to well, do. When, when Lawrence Vigaru's coming out, running towards the south stand, from yeah, the start and everyone was shouting. we're like, lol, you're, you're, everyone you're was shouting the Everyone to go back the other end. Yeah, yeah and he's shaking his head. <laughs> so we're like what's going on what is actually going on here it's bonkers really I'm surprised it hasn't been picked up on more by more national media I know the BBC reported on it on it's their website and the Sun but if that was a Premier League game you'd still be hearing oh, about that today unbelievable however we did play the first uh, well the remaining four minutes and I guess the mini second half that we had Drinan had the ball in the net again in that period it was flagged for offside as the actual mini second half and the full first half Finished 2-0 to the Orient. I don't think he was offside in that. Someone's got a still of that. I don't think he was offside when that happened. I haven't seen it again, but I think Dan Alton put up a picture yes. again of the line and said he wasn't offside. But again, we can laugh through refereeing mistakes yesterday. And through because we won 5-0, yeah. Because we won. Much better half of football, I thought. Drinan looked really lively. I still think Archibald is a bit wasted at left wing back. He's crossing is absolutely on point. He's such a good crosser of the ball. Yeah. Uh, really bizarre situation we obviously find ourselves in. Um, I think it was a very clever idea to take Prattley off, given he should have been sent off. And Joe Gallen says yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, it was sensible to take him off and make not make him the centre of, <laughs> yeah. of that game uh, for unwarranted attention. million percent. So the attendance yeah. announced at 6,233, with 673 away fans. And like Paul was alluded to, half-time sub, Prattley off, Hector Kiprianu on the pitch. So Craig Clay eventually got the third half or the second half underway, depending <laughs> how you're looking at it. And five minutes into the half, Tom James added a third to our tally as Theo Archibald's pressure saw Hartlepool lose possession 
ball came to Hector Kiprianu, who passed the ball into Drinan, who calmly placed the ball onto his right, and it was on a plate for Tom James to coolly finish from close range to make it 3-0. He took a whack in the process, but he was okay, and really, that was game set. Yeah, match. yeah, absolutely. Good finish, very brave there. Again, Drinan had a few options on. He could have passed to Archibald, he could have passed to Smith on his left, chose James on his right-hand side, and again, making those correct decisions. And James done well there, good finish. It and was. At that point, done. Yeah, glad he wasn't hurt too badly either, because I, I was concerned there. Must commend Archibald there for winning the ball. Again, we've seen that high press. press, which worked really well. Archibald does amazingly well to win that, and in turn, a defensive situation into an attacking situation. Like, so That's brilliant. right. Clay did it, Theo Six did it, later, Drinan's done it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's All f- three of the four goals came from you know, Archibald pressing, Clay pressing... Uh, and Aaron yeah. Drinan pressing so three of the goals have come from that and, yeah. and uh, Oppo fans don't Oppo players don't like it they don't like being pressed in their own half when they've got the ball if they're passing it around trying to figure a position for themselves if you're then pressing on that they don't like it it's that pressure that they've then suddenly got to get rid of it because actually you're playing in their half usually I think players stand back and let them get it into their half before you then pick the ball up no if you go and push up and get into their half and get in their face they really don't like it it makes them uncomfortable well, that, that was obviously the game plan yesterday right 100% but what hasn't been the game plan before that isn't the game plan every week they it's don't do that every week it's not been in the last four or they five it started so off I wonder like if they've that. seen something in the scouting that they said right if you put up under pressure they, they literally will crumble if you do that because it was, most teams more, it was a much more violent press than what we've seen in previous weeks than mm. what I can remember anyway mm. we've always pressed but nothing, never like that and they were forcing, visibly forcing their defensive players into mistakes. And like you said, you know, three or four of the five goals all down to the pressing, winning the ball back quickly and, and taking advantage yeah, of the mistakes. So absolutely. long may that continue. Just made a quick note, we seem to have changed the formation a bit. Kemp now seemed to be playing behind Drinan and Smith, and Clay seems to be the defensive midfielder while Kiprianu was pushed forward. I saw Hector more in the eighteen yard box in that game than I've seen him in previous games and, and Craig seemed to be doing the dirty cleaning up work and I think that worked absolutely superbly yesterday not sure if it will work I hope it works in other games yeah. but certainly maybe Craig seemed to just do the dirty stuff really really well yesterday I think he had a brilliant game one of the best I think I've seen him in yeah maybe in effect of not playing extra practice maybe the fact that Kipriano could go and drive himself forward and Clay goes right this is my area I know what I'm doing I know Darren Pratty isn't going to be next to me doing the job I'm doing yeah. it gives him the freedom to clean up and he was and the responsibilities on him. Gives Kipriani the yeah. freedom to go forwards. Yeah, yeah, good good points. So and not much to report then until the 79th minute as Mitchell and the Hartlepool goal under pressure from Harry Smith. He Again. Had back pass. Smith was all over him. He weakly kicked his clearance that came to Drennan just outside the edge of the penalty box. His touch to control the ball and his shot looped over Mitchell where I think a footballing beauty and it was 4-0 to the O's and Drennan had his second of the game. I know you said that first goal was probably the best goal, but I mean, for technique, under pressure, the ball just came at him, his touch to control it, and that half-volley kick looped over Mitchell to get that, I think, shows a great great deal of confidence in his own ability, but just shows how cool and collected he is. You know, give me an opportunity, I'm going to score it. And he took that, I was like, what a goal. What a cracking goal that was. <laughs> and it's down our end, so we get like real yes, yeah. first visit view of that first person view of it you know, we're not straining to see down the other end took it really well I must say again Drinan obviously takes the plaudits because of the finish Harry Smith pressing, pressing. spot on yeah. forced that keeper into a mistake Smith's done really well there uh, yeah and he, ta- he controls it well and finishes it really well not to take anything away yeah. from him but a great finish there and good, good to see Drinan you know, he had obviously had a point to prove yesterday after being recalled into the team so yeah. let's go forward then yeah. first thing for good Lawrence Vigory to do We've not spoken about Viggs all game. 89th minute as he saved an effort from Ferguson from just outside the box. Decent save there actually and you can yeah. tell it's very important to them to keep that clean sheet intact not to go conceding any silly goals and get any consolations. It's just, you know, let's get that clean sheet going. 100%. Let's keep it. They all wanted that clean sheet bonus yesterday, didn't they? Um, three minutes of time were added on and in the first minute the O scored the fifth and final goal of the match as yet again constant pressing Saw us win the ball back. Craig Clay got the ball out to Tom James on the right. His cross found Harry Smith at the back post. His header came off the post and into the path, quite conveniently, of Aaron Drinnen, who made no mistake from just five yards out and finished into an empty net to secure his hat-trick and put the icing on the cake, securing 
the match ball as well. When your luck's in, your luck's in. Really is. something similar with Harry Smith against Oldham where Kemp had his header saved and Smith yes. was just standing there waiting for the ball to drop. I'll have that. And I'll yeah. have that. Yeah, it happened for Johnny yesterday. I'm sure it happened for Smith again. Good point. Smith in the future. And that, that was the proverbial icing on the proverbial cake, right? Yeah. 5-0 done and dusted Drennan gets his hat trick and a full time whistle went shortly after with the match finishing 5-0 to the O's as a slightly strange version of Rock and Roll Over the World was played over the tunnel yeah, not the normal version it was like a, an acoustic one apparently it's finally an O's ticket offer saw an O's win first time football <laughs> yeah. for five has ever seen an O's win paid off literally <laughs> paid off brilliant so Joe Gannon spoke to David Victor after the match we're not going to play all his interview which is available on the club's channel but we are going to play the first two minutes three seconds so here's what Joe Gannon had to say I lost three points for a number of weeks now and uh, and today especially after the, the after the first goal went in you could see the confidence come back into the players come back into the team and defensively it was a very good performance from the team today Aaron Triddon's been patient and he came back in style. That's right. I mean, he's he scored four goals, you know, early on in the, in the season, and we're only just going into November. Um, and so, yes, and then he's been out the side a little bit, but he came back today and he, of course, scored a hat trick. Was great for him, great for the team, but he also set the other two goals up, didn't he? He set Tom James and Harry Smith up for their goals, and. Um, I've got to say the first goal and his second goal weren't even really chances. The first goal in any game is, is the important one. It's the pressure goal. And I thought for a first goal it was excellent because I didn't quite think it was a, a real clear-cut chance. It was pretty much a half chance from the edge of the box and there's a fantastic uh, low finish to the left of the keeper. And uh, his second goal as well was just, a, a, from a technical point of view, a very, very good decision to uh, clip it or chip it over the keeper. And he'd done that with aplomb. Third goal's a lovely one for a forward, whereas a tapping. So he's been patient. He's a very, uh, very good trainer. He's a very good person. We, we, we like him a lot and he's got his rewards today. He certainly did. It seemed to be a different approach, a lot more passing. We've definitely been working this week on you know, ball retention, passing, same thing. Um, looking to try to uh, widen the pitch a bit and, and have some width both sides. And um, did a lot of work this week in training on, on those aspects. And uh, looking for some composure, looking for some good decision making on the ball. And then them things are easy to talk about and easy to train on a daily basis. But once the, the boys have to go out there, um, goals and results lifts their confidence and the goals lifted their confidence and that made them more composed and it made the pitch been easier for us to get it wide and it made us make the right decision and after the goals are going in you can see the confidence rising and I... so that was Joe Gannon there speaking to Dave Victor the entire interview which I think is about 8 minutes is on the club's YouTube channel one. and thank you to Dave Victor for sending that over and once again I absolutely love Joe Gannon speaks so much sense he does. and you can tell how much faith Kenny has in him because Kenny pretty much sends him out now pretty much 50% of the post-match interviews now they're so on the same page yeah it's all, unbelievable all Joe Gallon so he's very good stuff. he could be the man if you didn't know he could quite easily be yeah. the manager like speaking he speaks authoritatively knows everything understands everything and makes it really simple so he doesn't get all technical and all yeah footbally on you um, very very interesting so the league table quick update on that that win means that we end the month of October in 6th place having played 15 We've won five, drawn eight and lost two. We're on a positive goal difference of 13 now, unbelievably. And we've got 23 points accumulated. So only have lost two out of your opening 15. It's amazing. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Second best goal difference in League uh, 2 as well. I think it's one less than, I think, Forest Green Rovers, but I might be wrong. Right, OK. But that's not bad at all. So Bearded Lejande. Your views on, uh, on the high well, Yeah, just before I give my match views, I bumped into Danny Macklin... Um, after the game and he's asked us to inform fellow fans of the reason for the lower crowd attendance today uh, as if you know really this this needs explaining particularly um, was down to the fact that the East Stand is only allowed to be at 85% of its capacity in the home end that's because of council regulations it is old, an older stand it is wooden as well so for safety reasons it's only allowed to be at 85% capacity and on an average game roughly one in five card holders don't turn up and there were 700 seats in the away end that weren't taken as well so when you add all of that up cumulatively there was about 3,000 seats that, that were uh, that were vacant but 
all the tickets were were accounted for, barring the fifteen percent, obviously, yeah. of what they could sell, they sold. People, we don't have a facility to return tickets, so yeah. they can't be resold. Um, so that's why there weren't nine thousand two hundred and seventy-one bums <laughs> yeah. on seats in in the Abreu Group Stadium. I Nicely think done. I think that hopefully that helps people. Um, but DM Danny if it doesn't make sense. But in terms of the game. Uh, I think, as I said, I was a bit unsure about the lineup from Kenny. I think, but once we rode a little bit of Hartlepool pressure initially, we never really looked back and then made it look men like men yeah. versus boys. I think take about Aaron Drin and that second goal for me is one of the best. I think you'll see at Brisbane Road. I still think that one with Ollie Palmer, uh, Clahessy, oh, Sammy, yeah, Blair Turner <laughs> finished. I still <laughs> think that's that's probably up there as one of my favourite ever goals. But but that's a great goal. We've been spoiled. Dean Cox's goal against Peterborough in the playoff semis I mean there's not a lot but those that do happen stand out I still think Archibald's wasted at left back I'm still on that vibe he was more effective when he was attacking and getting his crosses in which we saw a little bit more of in the second half I think everyone worked hard we've talked about high press that involves a lot of energy we pressed really well special special mention to Craig Clay did all the defensive dirty work really, really well yesterday and was instrumental in the first goal, which uh, Joe says in uh, another part of his interview, you know, the first goal kind of helped set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, he pressed and pressured the Hartlepool players. He was getting in their faces. And it was really good also seeing Hector Kiprianu in a more forward role, uh, getting in the box. Just shows you that when you put players in their preferred positions or the ones that they're best suited to, what can actually yeah. happen? And obviously Lawrence Figaro, as you said earlier, we've not really spoken about him. He's only had one thing to do all game. Yeah. I don't even think he took that many goal kicks either, to be honest. Yeah. So that which is what we want. And we've been speaking about a slump in form or, or, or some perceived slump in form because we, while we weren't losing, we weren't winning either. And there were times where we were having minimal shots and in some in one game, zero shots on goal. But that's obviously used very, very loosely. Um, but we never ever looked like we would be on the end of a 5-0 thrashing by anyone that we've played and we played Forest Green uh, at home who were banging form yeah. um, so you know it's really not, like you said earlier we've only lost two in 15 that's really really excellent and I would have bitten your hand off to be a third of the way through the season which we are now um, and to have only lost yeah. two games yeah absolutely delighted with that I'd like to also make a note and remind uh, certain fans that we as fans do have every right to criticise and critique uh, when we see fit nobody is beyond criticism regardless of their experience levels or past successes obviously we take it as we see it and we judge as we see but to end on positives we've scored five goals we've kept a clean sheet could have been very different if Darren Prattley had been uh, sent off. We were clinical up front and good to see us playing um, with Kemp behind uh, the two strikers. Um, Smith was winning his headers, Drinnen was winning the. Oh, sorry, I'm reading yours now. How are you? Yeah, sorry, somehow I've managed to start <laughs> right reading yours. Sorry. Uh, let, let's, yeah, so that, that's me really. We've right. ended, ended on, on, on that positive. Sorry, nice one. for some reason I've just scrolled through and ended up reading no some problem. yours. Yeah, it's the same as Paul in. Uh, yeah, I think for me, I think. First 15, bit fishy. Once the first goal goes in, it's plain sailing. Yeah. Our heads went up, their heads went down. Could have been very different, like we said, Dan Prattley had been sent off, but luck was on our side yesterday. I think up front we were clinical. I think the last couple of games we haven't been. When we had the chances, we haven't taken them. Yesterday, I think we pretty much took every chance we had, which was great to see. And that two playing up top, not the three, that two with Kemp behind is much better. Smith was knocking the ball down. He was winning the balls. Drinnen was playing off of him. No one was going to happen. You've got James shooting up as the right wing back to support. Got Archibald shooting up on the left as the left wing back to support. You've got Hector at points in the second half shooting up. So there's a lot more attacking options as opposed to the three that we spoke about last week. So a lot more attacking intent, which is great to see. I think Drinnen as a hat-trick, perfect performance really, isn't yeah. he? Scores a great first goal. Second goal from a keeper error, but still has to make the finish. Like you said, does it really well. And the thirds are tapping, which he deserves. Solid at the back, like we said, 
we have barely mentioned Vigor in our match report. We haven't mentioned Beckles, Ogie, any point doing anything defensively or Mitchell. Mitchell he made a good challenge. He did make Mitchell. a good yeah. last ditch, I think, when it was 2-0. So no complaints from me, really. Perfect game. Great to take my youngest to her first game. Yeah. Again, like you took Theo to a 4-0, I take Kemi to a 5-0. Yeah. That's now the expectation. 6-0. Uh, Kenny and Joe, if you we could, need please. A six. We need a 6, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. We've got the FA Cup now. and So we take a break from league action for two weeks. But it puts us in a really strong position now to go and push on in the league. Played 15, about a third way away through the season. Only lost two games in 15. Hard to beat. Second best goal difference. When we are scoring goals, we're scoring lots of them. Mm. Just need to turn a few more of those Ds into Ws and we'd be in the automatic. But after 15 games though, like you said, I think we all would have been your hand off to lose just two out of those those 15. So at the moment, I think from being very bleak last week and being, oh, we're drawing too many and this isn't great football to watch, we're now in a much more positive place and I think next week's really opportunistic because you'll get players like Satiru who arguably will feel like she'll have more football. I imagine Amatoyi, I imagine Riley, Happy. I forgot to mention Woods. that he played. Yeah. All these players you'd imagine are going to get a chance next week and it's theirs to take and we've seen that if you can grasp your chance you'll end up back in that first team at some point. So, no, very happy, very happy for me. So, Good. Those were our views. Yeah, so we had a lot of views in yesterday. A huge amount came in our to our social media accounts, which, as you probably know by now, are sponsored by Town and Country Hearts and Essex Estate Agents. They're at Hearts Town and at Charlie underscore Paul on Twitter. And again, thank you for your sponsorship. We will try and read out as many as we possibly can, but just because we read them doesn't mean that we agree with them. And kicking off this week is Richie J. Bourne, who said... Drinnen and Clay back in the starting eleven has been the class move by Kenny, but fair play, uh, but fair play, the chasing and fight by the team has been much more improved. Yeah, I would agree with that. Paul Ravens thirty nine quote marks as Drinnen is going to be terrible. He's not got a good goal scoring record. And quote mark where are those Wallies now? Never mind the goals either. His work ethic is second to none. Easily my favourite player at the club at the moment. I mean, that was a legitimate question that fans raised when Smith yeah. and Drinham and Smythe arguably signed. That We've Who? signed yeah, that guy that we got from QPR that hasn't played much. <laughs> I actually made, I had that in my, in my notes. I, I mustn't have read it in my squad selection notes. Still missing. Injured his other hamstring. I imagine it? next week, if he plays, he'll end up on the bench because he's not played any football. We've got two so, cup games next, haven't we? We've got Ebbs Fleet next Saturday and then we've Charlton. got Charlton at home on the Tuesday night. You'd, so, imagine, you'd hope that he ends up playing at least one of those games. I think Joe or Kenny said last week that he's out for a good couple of weeks. I think, of he, said, I think he said two. I think he said up to two weeks potentially. So. Yeah, so that's yeah. So maybe this week and then maybe Charlton is a good game for him to come back in. But, but again, you, again, at the moment, he, he is... He doesn't walk, doesn't walk, he doesn't back, walk in. back in. No, Ruel's ahead of him at the moment, doesn't really, walk back in, yeah. on performance. But then, yeah, on paper, the signings that we've made didn't come with an illustrious or particularly good goal-scoring yeah, record. But really. then we're late in Orient in League 2. We're not going to be signing Lyndon Dykes and Charlie Austin-esque players. <laughs> like QPR, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just because I'm thinking Macabon-type players. Right. But, but, you know, we're not going to be signing pedigree players so we've got to find them rough diamonds which uh, I think he has done so Jason Kilby 6 got in touch and said a hat trick and two assists what a statement from Drinnen Clay was the main driving force and brought so much energy to the team very encouraging to see less long punts and the play down the right side between James and Drinnen makes us a far better side absolutely we were making use of the channels more than going route 1 much more enjoyable to watch and it bore fruit period Absolutely. Dan Alton, 2590. So that egg on my face tastes <laughs> lovely. Always like to be proved wrong after questioning team selection. But that being said, the first half wasn't great, but still somehow found ourselves 2 up. Second half was fantastic. And a return to the old us pre-Port Vale. Now we have to build on it. Yeah, Steve Cab 121 said, I know that the attacking players will get all the headlines, and rightly so, for today's performance, but let's not forget the defence that has now conceded only three goals in eight home matches this season, and only one in our last six. That's a great, great point. Stato, Stato. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you don't get scored against, you don't lose games. Correct. Quite simple, really. And that is down to, in no small part, the defensive boys, who we haven't mentioned, like you said. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't had to. They just go about their business and do what they got to get done. David Sears Free said, thought we were excellent. Looked dangerous every time we went forward. Craig Clay 
looked a different player once Prattley went off. He did. He did. Absolutely. Daniel underscore D44. Near faultless performance. Closing down so well and looked like scoring every time he went forward. There was a clear plan and the players stuck to it. Nice to see an O's player get a hat-trick. But I thought Clay was superb. Yeah, good tweet there. Gorillas1985 says, What goal drought? And some people thought we was in a crisis. In Kenny Jacket we trust. Need to sign James on a longer term contract. Wouldn't have minded winning the last five games 1-0 though. <laughs> if you want to spread the goals out Absolutely. evenly. Gary Talbot 7 from the QPR game on I thought Drinham was integral to us. Ridiculously dropped, hard working and a team man that was his game and important three points after some frustrating games. It was an important three points because had we not won that then you go into that cup game that we said off the back of not winning it. That would have been like six league games. Not losing not either. That's the that's the more important thing. We're not losing. Wow. We've just not got that cutting. It's that edge. balance, isn't it? Is it half full or is it half empty? Yeah, absolutely. But Kenny said we need to be more concise and decisive up front and more clinical. But by the same token, if I tweak that, it's potentially at risk. Yeah, of, of course. unbalancing the defensive thing. Which, if you're not going to concede a goal, you're not going to lose the game. Yeah, it's it's a it's an art. It really is. Boatsy says, "What a way to bounce back from successive draws! Great to see Drillon score his hat trick. James and Harry Smith get back amongst the goals. Today it was back to our form we had prior to Port Vale. Need to keep it going into a tough November period. Yeah, November I guess is where some teams will start to drift away. So you've got to make sure we keep not losing and keep winning and stick with a pack who start to run away because this win November December." You see the men pull away from the boys. Really yeah, yeah. It starts to around Christmas starts to really uh, shape the rest of the season. Uh, LOFC Ed said, "Absolutely brilliant from 15 minutes onwards, and what a contrast to recent weeks. Press them, put them under pressure, and got our rewards with clinical finishing. Oh, and Aaron Drinnen, wow, take a bow, son. Why Adam Conway? So Drinnen gets the headlines, but for me, Kemp was superb. We barely mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, it just, shows, it just shows you how yeah, good right. performance was. Set the tone with his work rate." Closing down as well as his quality on the ball. Now trusting Kenny, he will get us out of this division. Simon zero eight Edwards said, "I make it two defeats in fifteen or thereabouts today. Really was the icing on the cake, as I said last week. Goals and five of them. We've probably done enough to win two or three games and defensively another clean sheet. So massive credit due to our back three slash five. Yeah, good tweet. E10 underscore rifles kept it short and sweet. He said." That was a game of three halves, and we bossed all three of them. We did. Bendy Bollard <laughs> said what we needed after going off the boil in recent weeks. Clinical in the first half, and that won us the game. Still in touch with the pace setters. Nice to see Drinnen getting his hat trick. Yeah, good point there. We were very clinical, and we needed to be there. Vince Howard, 73. So two words spring to mind after today. Relentless and clinical. What was so different, though, was the energy the side had. For a change, it was us not giving the opposition any time mm. to settle, which caused them to make mistakes good tweet there from Vince yeah the tipping Tim said lovely to see Kemp back in the team and playing a key role rather than watching the ball go over his head for 90 minutes hopefully he's there to stay now fantastic all round today albeit Hartlepool put on the most inept attempt at total football I've ever seen I will say the Hartlepool fans were excellent they were yesterday. noisy even at a three final down getting behind their team I hope they do well this season I must say I thought they Absolutely. Were, their fans were exceptional El Hangel said Hartlepool oh, says Hartlepool support was top class we looked like we'd score every time we went forward. Drennan compliment Smith better than Satiru. Simply awesome from all in red today. Not sure where the 3,000 empty seats were though with a smiley emoticon. That's a great point about Drennan complimenting Smith better than Satiru. Yeah, it might not be on paper what you perceive to be the strongest two, but if they work together as a better partnership. Mm. It's like Mooney Lisby. On paper... It wouldn't excite anyone, but when they actually played together, they both completely understood yeah. what the other one was, was going to do. do. Yeah. So, yeah, good, that's, brilliant that's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Bert underscore daddy said, massive stroke of luck, but as predicted recently by Joe Gallant, we were due one. Prattley has been poor recently and should probably have been uh, had a bit of a rest, but is a class act and will play a big part in any success we have this year. I think that's a really good point as well, is that whilst he might not be delivering what our expectations are on the pitch, he might be delivering what the manager wants Absolutely. from him, and that's fine. And also, he's obviously a leader in the dressing room as well, so it's not just on the pitch what he's doing, it's also what he's doing in the dressing room. We've got a fairly young squad as well, so I think, I think maybe on reflection I've been a bit overly critical of him, yeah. but... 
is what it is. Yeah, you know, he knows what Kenny wants from him. And again, I think something similar happened with Craig Clay yesterday where he was in a good position to shoot and he didn't. He didn't, that's and right. And he passed. And everyone was like, why don't he shoot? I think he knows in his mind that he, he's not that that's not his strength. Field, I think yeah. that's an instruction from Jacket saying, if, again, making that correct decision, knowing that if he shoots him outside the box, he probably ain't going to hit the target. So why not try and pass it to Smith or Adrian where the probability of them scoring is going to be much higher than Craig's But scoring. I thought the shot was the better decision. It, well, Even if he arguably, makes the keeper work yeah, and the keeper saves it, that's fine. If he doesn't, it goes over and option three is it goes in the goal. Yeah. He's got a one in three, really, but yeah. he made the pass that eventually came to nothing. So I would have gone for the shot. Yeah. Parksy, 1881. Oh. So is key to our success this season. Massive player. Kemp was delightful. Clay, an absolute monster. I don't think anyone seriously called for KJ to get the tint out. No. But a blueprint is obvious now. And that's bullying the opposition and press at all times. I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone... I don't no. recall anyway unless I've, unless I've forgotten it. I don't think anyone was, was actually saying seriously jack it out last week, but I think people were right to ask questions at points yeah. where if you're expecting to beat teams and you're not, if we sat here and said everything was rosy, then we couldn't be a credible podcast mm. in my eyes. Because, yeah. you know, Too happy we've happy. Never, I don't think we've ever done that as far as I know. We've always questioned managers and players when we haven't won games or drawn games. Or maybe I'm seeing our podcast under rose-tinted glasses. I don't know. Casey Adams LOFC said my point from last weekend was that we're only three points away from the playoffs one win and we're straight back in the mix and four points off the automatic there will be plenty of highs and lows to come just be patient Casey Adams has turned into some kind of orient Jedi over the last three weeks on Twitter Janine Adelman says every player put in a shift last week couldn't nominate anyone as man of the match and today any number of them could have been but Drinan was something special and it proves he should not have been dropped. Love the way we pressed right to the end, resulting in goal number five. Yeah, good point there. Our sponsor, Essex Biz, said a, pr- a brilliant performance from start to finish. I only listened to the game, but it sounded like the most complete performance so far. Something to really build on now. Very happy that Drinan and Smith were amongst the goals, which can only be a good thing in the weeks to come. Hope you're enjoying your holiday. Seems like you've been out there forever, mate. So <laughs> look forward to seeing you in the South Stand at some point in the not-too-distant. Yeah, Chris Coe, one two nine three six nine one seven says it's days like this that make being an O's fan so special. Supporting a top premiership side would be boring. With the O's, you never know what to expect when you take your seat. Cherish days like this and keep supporting the boys on the pitch. Barker72 said, said, strange game in more ways than one. Once the first goal went in, we started to gain in confidence. Hartlepool had pressed the life out of our, us up until then. Kenny Jackett demands players work hard when the opposition have the ball, and the players certainly took that on board. Yeah, good tweet there. Pandemonium 1881 with the penultimate tweet, or tweets in this one. This is quite obviously a superb result. Performance was an excellent all-round workaholic 90 minutes, which in a complete mirror image to last week, showed why we can be a force at this level. Excellent pressing in all areas, and by several, Clay was superb. We also showed more inventiveness and far more conviction in the final first. We mixed up passages of plays with long balls, channel balls, decent interplay with a range of short on passing and some excellent combination stuff linking the thirds. Great win, lovely clean sheet, job done. Oh, and as for the rather sorry, very bizarre half-time shenanigans from the ref, well, never seen anything like it. He was having a decent game, to be fair, and never will do again. I wouldn't mind betting. Rumour has it, he just started the 74th half. <laughs> the final word this week, final word this week even, goes to Neil Sanson, who said his flight from Journey, 60 quid. Train, 30 quid. Ticket, 20 quid. Drink and food, 15 quid. But seeing Jen- Kenny Jacket's Red Army hit five, Priceless. Think what Sanson got done there because tickets were only a fiver, mate. So I don't know how you spent twenty quid on your ticket, my friend. <laughs> Possibly, but a great tweet there <laughs> to yeah. round them off. Those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlet. Could have mentioned many, many, many more. So thanks to everyone who continues to tweet us at Orient Outlook. And let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets or views we've read out or said in this podcast by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. Or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Or we are on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. So there are plenty and plenty of ways to get in touch with yourself, stand chums. 
There certainly are. So let's move on then to the Carol Langley Prediction League update. There were no correct predictions, surprisingly, uh, for this match, meaning the top of the Prediction League is as follows. Nino underscore Barone is currently top on 18 points. Parksy 1881 is on 16 points and Leighton Ori is just behind him on 13 points. So thanks to everyone for your predictions. Yeah, not to forget, we mentioned previously that Carol Langley Flores, who sponsored the Prediction League, were given a monthly prize away. So if you correctly predicted the score during the month of October, you went into a prize draw and a winner will be selected at random. So in our very first prize draw, Stephen Orient won a luxury Prosecco and salted caramel chocolate gift set. So well done to Stephen. Thank you to Carol Langley. So if you get any predictions right in November, you get put into a prize draw. Maybe you could be the lucky winner at the end of the month. Absolutely. Decent prize. So let's move on then to Sunday the 31st of October. Happy Halloween to you all. And the O's ladies were at home against Tower Hamlets. But unfortunately that game was postponed. So actually there was no ladies match. I think Waterlog pitch I think was the... Or something. Yeah, I don't think they gave a reason. I think the presumption was the pitch was absolutely uh, wet as hell because it was really horrible this morning. But yeah. later in the morning, Aaron Drennan, Harry Smith and Tom James were all named in the Skybet League 2 team of the week along with Kenny Jacket, who was named as manager of the week as well. And not only that, but Aaron Drennan and Harry Smith were also named in the EFL team of the week. Well done to everyone involved. Could have been more. Craig Clay could have walked in there, uh, I think, and... Agree. But not to be his day yesterday, but still nice to see three O's and a manager in there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's wrap this up then at 55 minutes. Football, fantasy football update. James Durkan is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's got 701 points, just ahead of Connor Monk in second place, who's on 695 points. Today's game points haven't been added yet, so that could change next week. Steve, you've done well, mate. You're in 201st out of 315. I think you were 250-something last week. So yeah. that is a very, very decent jump. <laughs> well done to you. Slowly rising up the table. So positives and negatives. Obviously, this one got a lot more positives than negatives than Mr. Levy. Let's hear him. Yeah, so five goals and a clean sheet. Uh, arguably uh, the best that you could really hope for. Drinnen's hat-trick, fantastic hat-trick yeah. that he scored there. We've moved back up into the playoff places now, which is obviously our comfort zone. That's really where we want to be. And three players and the manager in the EFL League 2 Team of the Week. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect weekend. Four beautiful positives. Only negative. the one negative this week, and that's Darren Proudly. Be smarter. You've got experience. Just use it. Very lucky to stay on the pitch. I'm very lucky not to be serving a suspension for some important league games coming up. Was that his fifth yellow? I think I read somewhere. I think that might oh, have been his fifth yellow that good, he's received. Good spot. Good I think spot, Mr. That's Levy. just come to mind. I think someone had posted that. Okay, uh, well, we'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah. So Darren Prattley may or may not be suspended for Rochdale well, in the league. So while Paul's looking it up, we will move on to the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. This week, we had four nominations. We took to Twitter to ask everyone who should win the award. So we nominated Craig Clay, Aaron Drennan, Dan Kemp and Harry Smith. We had 161 votes for this one on Twitter. Unsurprisingly, with 75% of the vote walking this one was Aaron Drennan. So well done to Aaron Drennan. He takes hero of the week. Mr Levy's still looking up to see if Dan Powell yeah, has I think five it's, bookings. I think it's just... Four from what I'm counting here. I think they probably three, would have picked up on four. it, so we don't think down. I don't think it is. I think it is, is just four so uh, at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. So let's move on then. Uh, next week's next, fixtures. Yeah, next week's fixtures. Just the one fixture next week. As I mentioned earlier, we take a break from league action as we face Ebbsfleet in the first round of the first round proper of the FA Cup. They're currently in the National League South and beat Eastbourne Borough 1-0 yesterday away from home. They've won four and lost one of their last five games. They're currently fifth in the National League South, four points off top spot. So I don't think it's going to be the pushover of a game that people think it might be, but we should we should comfortably win that. Joe Gallen made a great point again in his post-match interview about Ebbsfleet, about how they'll come, they'll raise their game, their crowd will be up for it, so we've got to yep. make sure we're on it. Even is spot on. They will give 110%. Big game for them. 100%. I mean, that was a league game three, four seasons ago. It was. They're up with us. Now it's two 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 divisions separating the sides. So be a decent game, that one. So before we get out of here, do not forget 
For the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Instagram or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 262. It's been a quiet week off the pitch. Whilst on it, football for a fiver didn't disappoint as we saw a complete performance from front to back and a comprehensive demolition of a Hartlepool team who'd started the season well and were in good form. It's great to see Aaron Drinnan get a hat-trick and to assist with many standout performances all across the team from back to front and after a few poorer performances where the goals had dried up. Next up, we've got the FA Cup and it would be fantastic to reach the later rounds and get a big club at home. But Ebb's fleet is a nice tie for us and hopefully we'll be talking about another win next week. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a five-star rating and view. And if you're listening on TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify or Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have the pods available as soon as they are uploaded. We are also on all smart speakers so we are on Echoes and Alexas. We are also available to listen to on FanHub. So you've seen us Brilliant. do our team tweets on FanHub. Get involved. Go and give us a DM if you need a code to join. You will not regret that one. It is a great platform. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or someone who went to Orient yesterday for the very first time and loved their experience, say, hey, listen to this. This will get you more into Orient. Grab their phone. Hopefully. Or their tablet. Oh, yeah, it might actually put you off Orient. <laughs> and don't forget to pass on the pod so this has been episode 262 we'll be back next week with 263 with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's